And joining me right now here on the phone line, this guy does a great job covering sports here in Central Florida. And I know he's getting ready for a new season of UCF softball as the play-by-play man. He's my good friend, Eric Lopez. Eric, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Mark. Uh, yeah, we start Thursday. Uh, it'll be my 18th season calling UCF softball, season uh, number 23 for you, the program. They'll be high expectations, and uh, we'll be at the Plex and uh, first year of the Big 12. So, yeah, it's been uh, busy getting a lot of notes. You you, you would not even want to see my room. I have so many notes right now on all these teams and players. That's wild, but uh, I wouldn't trade it, so it's fun. What teams are you excited to see there at the stadium? Well, I think when you look at the whole season, you got the three-time defending national champions, Oklahoma Sooners, are going to be coming here in late April. You got top five ranked Texas will be coming here in March. That's part of the Big Twelve schedule. The big uh, deal. South Carolina comes here. You know, opening night we got UConn, who's the Big East champion. So, you know, it's an important weekend for UCF because then they go to Clearwater for a marquee tournament, and then the Mary Daughter, which is like the two most marquee tournaments in the sport. So, they're trying to have big goals. They have seventeen players back 11 seniors but they also have seven freshmen that was ranked 16th best freshman class so you know they're shooting to try to host another regional maybe get to a super maybe get to oklahoma city but uh, it all starts uh, thursday so you know i gotta take a game at a time but there's a lot of excitement around the program and what's up with this weather buddy come on what's it gonna be 50 degrees tomorrow what's up that's a great question. One minute it's 75, the next minute it's 50. I can't get a consistency, but uh, it's supposed to warm up as the weekend goes. Yeah, I see that. So you're excited. The season will start now. When when does postseason play start? May. May half. Uh, it'll be around May, second week of May. We'll see where we're at. Big 12 tournament will be in Oklahoma City, so uh, softball will be traveling OKC. They'll get used to that. How can they watch the games this season? ESPN Plus, I'll have the call with Alex Powers, who you should know well from Melbourne Vieira. She's two-time All-American at FSU. She'll be uh, my analyst for the whole season. Oh, that'll be exciting, man. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? Good luck on the new season, buddy. I can't believe year 18. Can you believe that? I cannot. Uh, that That is fact. I cannot believe it. Vote. It's been that long. I would never believe that I would be doing softball for 18 seasons. That story can vote. I hope you know that. <laughs> 18, baby. <laughs> That's right. Um, how about that basketball team real quick where they got the win against Oklahoma over the weekend? That was fun. I was there. Uh, they led wire to wire. Shamari Allen returned their guard. He's a big difference maker for them defensively. Uh, they got good balance scoring. And listen, Mark, who would have thought UCF would be 4-5 and five in the number one conference in basketball in the Big 12 like UCF has? But Johnny Dawkins has done a great job. They're in the mid-60s in the net rankings as we talk. Um, to go 4-5, and five, I don't think many people expected them to win four Big 12 games like they have, let alone in the first half of the season here in conference. How excited is it being at the stadium? And it's, it's got a big atmosphere and you're winning these basketball games. Yeah, I mean, they're drawing over 9,000 almost every home game, and it got in that great atmosphere, and that's made a difference with the student section. I mean, you were there yeah. for the Kansas game. I mean, to me, that really kick-started everything, in my opinion. Don't you? It was awesome. It really was. And I look at the resume. So, all right, you beat Kansas. You won at Texas, horns down. I'll say that every single time now. <laughs> How's it going? Um You beat West Virginia. That's a good win. 
Then you beat Oklahoma, top 25. Yeah. You lost a close one to BYU. I think, the okay, the two ugly blemishes is you got hammered by Houston. I mean, just hammered in that game. And I get it, Houston's top five. Is the Stetson loss one of your worst if you're UCF? Yeah, that's the one that probably bugs you a lot. It's non-conference. Um, <laughs> excuse me, you wish you had that one back. Uh, they lost a close one to Old Miss, who's an NCAA tournament team. You know, but they've been a better team since. Um, you know, you look at Big 12, the one that Big 12 they probably wish they had back was the Cincinnati Road game. They were up double figures their game and lost, but they were out, they were down two starters. So, um, I think the, the lack of, uh, the injuries caught up with them in that game, but you're right. Overall, it's been a phenomenal story. You look at last week, they had RG3 at the UCF Baylor game and then you had you know you got you've had a, a great crowds for every home game so it's been tremendous support and we'll see how UCF does they go back on the road now to Texas Tech on Saturday then they go to BYU for a Tuesday so a two game road trip can they find a split Darius Johnson and Jalen Sellers and then come back home against Cincinnati if they could split the next two road games and have a chance to then go 6 and 6 with a win against Cincinnati at home, now you're talking NCAA talk. Yeah, which, uh, we haven't heard in a while. Hey, they program. were they were picked to be dead last in the conference. Yeah. So I look, and they did not play well last year in conference in the American. So this is Correct. hey, I it's exciting right now. That's UCF. Let's go to the Super Bowl. You're up next, buddy. We're here with Eric Lopez, Black Eagle Banneret, and like he said, don't worry, he's gonna be on his 18th season calling UCF softball starting tomorrow. All right, what do you think of this matchup, San Francisco versus Kansas City? Well, it's been interesting. I feel like everybody's picking the Chiefs because, hey, you just give Mahomes the benefit of the doubt, and that makes a ton of sense. I have felt that the Niners were the best team all season. I think they have the better roster. We, you know, I still don't think the Niners receivers are very uh, – the Chiefs receivers are very good. Um it comes down to how does Brock Purdy play early? You know, Brock Purdy tends to get off to slow starts, maybe turn the ball over early in the first half and then have to kind of regroup. He can't afford to do that in the Super Bowl. I think if he plays well, I think the Niners are the better team. I know it's sacrilegious to pick against Mahomes, but McCaffrey and Samuel and Kittle and those guys, I mean, it's a stacked roster. So I'm going with the Niners, even though I know the trend is right now, everybody's to pick the Chiefs. I know it was about two weeks ago, but uh who choked more, Baltimore or Detroit on Championship Sunday? Detroit. I mean, they had, a, they had a chance to go up 17, and Dan Campbell decides, nah, let me just kick, let me just go for it. I don't need to be up 17 points, and he misses that and turned the momentum of that game around. I thought it was poor coaching, uh idiotic, like, aggressiveness. Like, you don't pass on points in those situations. So, to me... It was the Lions. It was there for them to get to the Super Bowl, and they blew it. And, uh, you know, they're going to be stubborn about it, more so than the Ravens, who I think panicked uh, when they fell behind. They didn't run the ball much on the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs kind of outsiked them a little bit. But to me, the Lions blew it. They should have won that game. And they're going to. I think they're going to regret that for a long time. I think it's the Ravens. I just – I. I... It was all set up, and you played well all season. All season. Like you said, just run the ball. Just do that. And they did yep. panic. Dude, they panicked in the third quarter, and they were only down. I mean, dude, if I came to you and said, Kansas City's only going to score 17 points and not score in the second half, what would you have told right. me? You make a good argument, 
but again, you didn't. They didn't blow a fourteen-point lead that should have been seventeen-point lead like the Lions did. I mean, I think both of them should be ill. Yeah, I mean, you could make the case this could have been a Ravens-Lions Super Bowl very easily. But all right, if paying out, if Mahomes wins this, his third ring, he's what twenty-eight or so. Sure. Is is catching Tom Brady in play then? Wow. Ooh. I guess, right? Three and because you, it could be in play because I got to believe they're going to get better receivers for him moving in the next year or two, right? Like you mm-hmm. can't keep going with this mediocrity of wide receivers. So I think some cap situations will benefit them. Yeah, I, I think he could try to chase him down for sure. Do you think Mahomes can play into his 40s? Because I do not. Um, wow. I don't know about Brady's 40s, but could he play like 38, 39? Maybe. Maybe. Um, maybe. He's proven to be pretty superhuman at times with those ankle injuries he's had in a couple of years. But, I mean, it's not something I would plan on it, but I wouldn't count him out on, you know, playing until his late 30s. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Eric Lopez, does Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift after the game? <laughs> I think that's in play. I don't think it will happen, but it, I could definitely see a reference on the post-game podium if they win. Over, under, how many times we're going to see Taylor Swift? Not as many as you think, only because there's going to be so many celebrities at the Super Bowl. You know, you got to show everybody. So I, I don't think she dominates it, unless unless Travis Kelsey's having like a Super Bowl MVP-type game where he's like got 12 balls and 150 yards. At that point, you know, she'll be in the podium with him at that point. Okay, here's why I'm jealous of her. She decides, I'm going to start dating this guy. She picks a guy who plays a star player on the most dominant team over the last five or six years, and they keep winning. Don't you feel like she must be saying at the end of the day, like, hey, football's easy. This is great. <laughs> we're we're going to go to the Super Bowl. Do you, are you jealous of this? Well, I mean, she's hoping for the Super Bowl. She just won a Grammy award too, so she's going for the double dip there—the you know Grammy and then a Super Bowl ring. You're not kidding around. All right, if the Niners win, is Brock Purdy a good quarterback, or is he still you know a system guy with the Niners? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I, I think he's a pretty good quarterback, but uh, I guess you know there's always a critic. Um, I, I think he'll be fine. I think if he plays well, I think uh, the. The critics will maybe be quiet for a while. If Brock Purdy started for the Bears or the Commanders, how long would he last? Nobody ever. The problem with that is nobody, no quarterback ever lasts with the Bears. <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> I that's mean, a good point. You're absolutely right. I, I don't know. That's a fair deal. I just feel so. I mean, this is the ultimate test for your beloved Bears. I mean, they can't mess this up at number one, but. Who knows what happens with the one and two picks there? Is the NFL draft with what the Bears might do at number one more interesting than this Super Bowl matchup? I kind of do. I know it's weird to say that, but I kind of do. I'm I'm really intrigued, especially with Washington hiring Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator who coach who helped coach Caleb Williams at USC. Like, <laughs> like is, there, is Washington ready to make a package offer to the Bears? Are the Bears going to keep Fields? Like, what's going to happen here? All right, if you're the Bears, what are you doing, Eric Lopez? Oh, wow. You don't know. Great you don't know. I heard, I heard a statement the other day. All right, let's say the Chargers 
somehow got the first pick and they have Justin Herbert. There's, there's no hesitation. No, we're keeping Herbert. But do the Bears, if, if there is a hesitation where you don't know the answer, then shouldn't the answer be, all right, let's go take Caleb Williams? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you watch every snap of Justin Fields. Do you believe Justin Fields is the long-term answer there, or is he just another guy? And I think from a cap standpoint, you're better off taking Caleb Williams and build around him with a rookie salary and flip Fields. Flip them for something else. Uh, but, you know. All right, I'll again. flip it on you. I'll flip it on you again. You're a big Dolphins guy. Sure. Let's say the Dolphins had the number one pick, and you have Tua, who had a great season, but sure. then didn't play. Would you keep Tua or draft Caleb Williams? <sighs> oh. I, know. I like Caleb a lot. Well, the thing is, is, do you think Caleb has a higher ceiling than what Tua has? You know, that's what, and it's the same thing with the Bears. Do you believe Caleb has a higher ceiling than Justin Fields? I mean, the issue with Tua is you're going to have to pay him a lot of money this offseason to extend him. Mm. You know, is, is he proven that he's worth that? Or do you, or is he, you know, you mentioned Brock Purdy. Is, is, I think Tua, we've kind of learned, is more of a system guy where, when things don't go well, he doesn't adapt well in the pocket. You know, like everything has to go smoothly. So I think it's one that both sides you, you think about. That's a really strong thing to think about. I mean, you know, it, Dolphins won't do it because they feel they're a Super Bowl contender, but they haven't won a playoff game in 20 some years. And yeah, I think Caleb will, I think they would strongly consider that. You start over with Caleb Williams, a young tap, but you better be right. That yeah. Caleb is the next franchise type quarterback. You have to be right. Like I wouldn't do this, for example, with you know the other quarterbacks in the draft. I wouldn't trade this for Jaden Daniels, for example, or no. the North Carolina quarterback. I certainly wouldn't do that. But you better be right on Caleb if you decide to move on. And I think that's what makes this so intriguing. What did you think of Tua's performance in the playoff game against the Chiefs then? Well, it wasn't very good, but again, he was playing in like zero degrees. Here's a shocking development. A quarterback that was in, from Hawaii that played at Alabama struggles in the freezing conditions. Shocker. What a development, Mark. Who knew? Next thing I know is the sun will come out every day. That's the next breaking news. So, um, I'm not going to read too much into that. Uh, the only thing that was moving a pause is he turned the ball over a lot more this year than he did last year. And I think part of that was he threw the ball a lot quicker to avoid hits yes. and sacks. And that, that might be a concern moving forward. But, I mean, he was good. He was very good. He had a Pro Bowl year. He was solid. But the problem is he's. Not, I don't think he's at Patrick Mahomes' level. I don't think he's at Josh Allen's level. I don't think he's at Joe Burrow's level. What should the Bears get for the number one pick if they trade it? I would get as much as what Carolina, uh, what, uh, what you, whatever you got for Bryce Young, right? Uh, or who was it? Were you the one that traded the pick for Bryce, for Carolina for Bryce Young, or was that Houston? No, no. It was, it, okay, so Carolina called the Bears. The Bears had the number one pick. They gave up, they moved up to one, and the Bears yeah. got, it was crazy. Bears got their pick at nine. They got, I think, multiple second round picks. And they got DJ Moore. It was a fantastic deal for you guys. Yeah. Fantastic. I would double down on that again. If somebody wants to do a similar package, you do it. If Washington or New England call the Bears sure. and say we want the first pick, I I want two number ones. I want multiple second round picks and maybe a player. I'm not kidding around because you look at Russell Wilson with Denver. 
I mean, they were out of their minds because I think they gave up two number ones and two number twos. Yes. And no, the a, price is high. I agree 100%. You're absolutely 100% right. But then you got to think, if you're giving up that much for this player, maybe we should draft that player. If that's, you know, it's so crazy. Just, yeah, but, I mean, look at Carolina. They, they, they went aggressive, and they took Bryce Young. They took the wrong quarterback. If they take C.J. Stroud, they're fine. But they took Bryce Young, and I know it's just one year, but clearly it looks like they picked the wrong guy. Stroud was the pick. And uh, you guys made out like bandits. You got a great receiver in DJ Moore. You got this package, and you were able to get the number one pick again. If if they trade down and they can get Marvin Harrison Jr. and you put him with DJ Moore, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Now we're talking with because okay, you look at this Niners roster. You keep bringing this up with Brock Purdy. Okay, he's got a great offensive line. He's got a a future Hall of Fame running back. In Christian McCaffrey, who was a stud in the playoffs, you have Debo Samuel, who's also a stud, and you forget about uh, the tight end as well, where he's automatic. Kittle. Kittle. So I, I don't know. You know what? You're right. This is the most intriguing storyline in NFL, better than Super Bowl. I'm with you. I am. It's too crazy. Um, They can't. I can't wait to see what you guys do. I mean. It's 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 the more in, two interesting plot lines is what do the Bears do with the number one pick and how does the WWE fix this whole Cody fiasco or with the, with the Rock? That's really the two big things right now that I'm worried about. If they draft, okay, if they draft Caleb Williams, yeah, then what do they get for Justin Fields? I I mean that's a good question, right? Could you get a first round pick? Could you get a second round pick? Could you get a future first? I mean, I think. You gotta think somebody would be interested in Justin Fields, right? Like, uh, just he's still young. So, I think there's a market there. He played well down the stretch last year. I think that was smart how you guys played it. It, The only problem. I know some people were mad, like, maybe you should have tanked and try to get, like, the top two picks and all that, but I'm like, no, like, obviously the coach saved his job by the way they finished the season. Plus, you're showcasing Justin Fields, and you gotta find out for yourself if you believe in Justin Fields. And even if you don't, you got to, you know, showcase him to put his value up to flip him for a pick. So I thought you guys handled it perfectly down the stretch in that season, and uh, we'll see. I think it could pay off for you. I, I would be. I think you. I think you're in good shape. I really do think you guys are in good shape. I mean, I'm not sold on your head coach to be honest. No, but uh, that's the only negative is I think you. I would have rather have like Jim Harbaugh or you know Mike Vrabel. Maybe you could get him next year. But, you know, other than that, I do like the direction you're going with. Your defense played well down the stretch, and I like D.J. Moore. So I do agree about, you know, adding more pieces, and the way to do that is through the draft. Would you rather have Justin Fields or Jordan Love next year? I would rather have – that's a fun one. I like – I was impressed with Jordan Love down the stretch. I'm going to be honest. I like what he did down the stretch. Um he, I mean, he had a, like a 21 touchdown, one interception ratio. My concern with Fields is this, Mark, and you, again, I'm going to defer to you because you watch yeah. more snaps of him with the Bears. Can he win games with his arm consistently? No. I don't know. I don't know if he can. No. no. And I love Justin Fields. No. It's, it's still kind of a gimmick offense. 
Yeah, that's my issue. That's my only concern. And that's why I would flip him at the end of the day if I was the Bears and take Caleb Wilkes. I know Caleb can win with both his arm and his leg. I just don't think Justin can at this level. But Caleb is is smaller. That's my goal. Like, you had to be just – Justin Fields is like Superman because the Bears' offense line is awful. Another quarterback would get killed in that offense. That's the problem. All right, well, Dory, we have three months to break this down. (laughs) Don't worry. Let's end with this. Uh, you brought this up. Um, okay, what do you think is going to be the main event at WrestleMania? I mean, this is just insane. This has been insane. I cannot believe The Rock inserted himself here. And it's kind of back, backfired. I think we're going to get Cody in some version against Roman. What I don't know... Is the what is the Rock's involvement in this? Is it going to be a triple threat? Is it going to be a situation where Roman faces the Rock one night and Cody the other night? I'm not sure, but I you cannot you have to have Cody face Roman at Mania in some form because the the I, the backlash will not stop until that is fixed. I, I thought last Friday was a disgrace, a disgrace, Mark. What they did there with the rock coming in and Cody giving his spot away. Like, what the hell was that? I, I just was idiotic. Now, if you're a conspiracy theorist, if you think they did that on purpose to create a conversation and there, you know, change the tune, because obviously everything's been going on with Vince McMahon, I buy that theory. I also buy the theory that the rock and the group at TKO said, figured, hey, we need the rock in this mania to make, make this worthwhile. And I don't think that they ever imagined the backlash that The Rock would get and the support that Cody's got. I think they did not, they underestimated that. So I'm really curious what they do at this press conference on Thursday night. They better put Cody in that match. Nobody wants to see Cody versus Seth with respect to Seth. I think people will be disappointed. I know I would be, uh, Mark. I really would. I, I And I don't think Rock Roman at this point would be a good match. And Mania's in Philadelphia. Will boo like crazy. Remember when... Remember when Roman Reigns, they were trying to push him as a face. and yeah, he they went, booed him. Booed him in The Rock. They booed, When he won the Rumble, the whole crowd booed. So they brought The Rock out to smooth it over, and they booed him as well. And I think they would hijack that match if that closes WrestleMania this year. I, I think people would hijack it. They have to put – at least do a triple threat. Like just, yes. I don't know. It's, uh, I can't believe it. And Our- I can't believe we're in this spot. They had it perfectly. They had it perfectly set up, and they kind of decided to get cute. We'll see. Well, it's only February, and it doesn't happen till April. There's plenty of time here. Um, if if Cody is in the main event, does he have to win the belt? Yes. No, not even, it's not even it's not even conversational. You have to. You have to finish the story. It's been it's been really. Because really, you think about it, the bloodline has cooled off in the last year. When you say, like, it's yes. cooled off with Roman being a part-timer, Jay's on the other show. It's not at, it's not at the peak like it was a year ago at this time with, you know, Sami Zayn and company. You have to get Cody the belt. You can't have him lose a second time to Roman Reigns. I don't. I, I just, man, people would lose their minds. I think it's time he finishes the story. He beats Roman Reigns at the grandest stage, and you have that great celebration in Philadelphia. Where he was an underdog. That makes a ton of sense. I really do. It has to happen. Otherwise, people will be ticked. Like, I will be ticked off. If we'll be talking the following Monday, you may have to, like, bleep out half the interview. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else on the card you even care about? 
I'm bummed out that Punk's out with an injury. I am surreally bummed out, man. I was looking forward to the Rollins Punk match. Um, I I'm, I like the Bailey uh, EO EO Sky match. I know that's under the radar, but I I think that's been a really good storyline. I am predicting, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think Becky Lynch is going to win the Women's Elimination Chamber. I think she will face Rhea Ripley, and I'm a, I would be all in on that. And I think. I, I'm going to make the prediction. I could be proven wrong. I think Cody will be involved in some way, somehow, with Roman Reigns and The Rock in some form in that match. And I think Seth will defend the title against Drew McIntyre or Sami Zayn or both. Drew McIntyre deserves uh, a Mania main event spot there. He has been phenomenal as a heel. He's been tremendous. And Sami Zayn's always great. So, to me, that's what I would do as a booker, but nobody asked me. So, there you go. Mine... I think my favorite angle, and it happened last night. I want to see Trick Williams versus <laughs> Mellow. Oh, Mello? Yeah, Mello. Mello Hayes, that's absolutely going to happen. That is not even a question. I my love goodness. it. That's the best. That really is. That was awesome last night. It really was. Uh, I agree. 100%. His name is Eric Lopez with Black and Gold Banneret. My man, thank you so much for your help and have a great day. Anytime, Mark. Take it easy.